This is an age of industrial power in which we are living. The source of this power is organized effort. Not only has the management of industrial enterprises sufficiently organized individual workers, but in many instances, mergers of industry have been affected in such a manner that to the end that these combinations, parentheses, as in the case of the United States Steel Corporation, for example, in parentheses, have accumulated practically unlimited power. One may hardly glance at the news of a day's events without seeing a report of some business, industrial or financial merger, bringing under one management enormous resources and thus creating great power. One day, it is a group of banks. Another day, it is a chain of railroads. The next day, it is a combination of steel plants, all merging for the purpose of developing power through highly organized and coordinated effort. Knowledge. General in nature and unorganized is not power. It is only potential power, the material out of which real power may be developed. Any modern library contains an unorganized record of all the knowledge of value which the present stage of civilization is heir. But this knowledge is not power because it is not organized. Every form of energy, every species of animal or plant or life, to survive must be organized. The oversized animals whose bones have filled nature's boneyard through extinction have left mute, but certain evidence that non-organization means annihilation. From the electron, the smallest particle of matter, to the largest star in the universe, these and every material thing in between, these two extremes offer proof positive that one of nature's first laws is that of organization. Fortunate is the individual who recognizes the importance of this law and makes it his business to familiarize himself with the various ways in which the law may be applied to advantage. The astute businessman has not only recognized the importance of the law of organized effort, but he has made this law the warp and the woof of his power without any knowledge whatsoever of the principle of mind chemistry or that such a principle exists many men have accumulated great power by merely organizing the knowledge they possessed the majority of all who have discovered the principle of mind chemistry and developed that principle into a quote mastermind have stumbled upon this knowledge by the merest of accidents often failing to recognize the real nature of their discovery or to understand the source of their power this author is of the opinion that all living persons who at the present time are consciously making use of the principle of mind chemistry and developing power through the blending of minds may be counted on the fingers of two hands, with perhaps several fingers left to spare. It is this estimate is even approximately true, the student will readily see that there is but slight danger of the field of mind chemistry practicing becoming overcrowded. It is a well-known fact that one of the most difficult tasks that any businessman must perform is that of inducing those who are associated with him to coordinate their efforts in a spirit of harmony, to induce continuous cooperation between a group of workers in any undertaking is next to impossible. Only the most efficient leaders can accomplish this highly desired object. But once in a great while, such a leader will rise above the horizon in the field of industry, business, or finance. And then the world hears of Henry Ford, Thomas A. Edison, 
John D. Rockefeller Sr., E.H. Harriman, or James J. Hill. Power and success are practically synonymous terms. One grows out of the other. Therefore, any person who has the knowledge and the ability to develop power through the principle of harmonious coordination of effort between individual minds or in any other manner may be successful in any reasonable undertaking that it is possible of successful termination. It must not be assumed that a, quote, mastermind will immediately spring mushroom fashion out of every group of minds which makes pretense of coordinating in a spirit of harmony. Harmony, in the real sense of the meaning of the word, is a rare among groups of people as it is genuine Christianity among those who proclaim themselves Christians. Harmony is the nucleus around which the state of mind known as, quote, mastermind, must be developed. Without this element of harmony, there can be no mastermind, a truth which cannot be repeated too often. Wardrill Wilson had in mind the development of a, quote, mastermind to be composed of groups of minds representing the civilized nations of the world. In his proposal for establishing the League of Nations, Wilson's conception was the most far-reaching humanitarian idea ever created in the mind of man, because it dealt with a principle which embraces sufficient power to establish a real brotherhood of man on earth. The League of Nations, or some similar blending of international minds in a spirit of harmony, is sure to become a reality. The time when such unity of minds will take place will be the measured largely by the time required for the great universities and non-sectarian institutions of learning to supplant ignorance and superstition with understanding and wisdom. This time is rapidly approaching. The Psychology of the Revival Meeting The old religious orgy known as the Revival offers a favorable opportunity to study the principle of mind chemistry known as, quote, mastermind. It will be observed that music plays no smart part in bringing about the harmony essential to the blending of a group of minds in a revival meeting. Without music, the revival meeting would be a tame affair. During revival services, the leader of the meeting has no difficulty in creating harmony in the minds of his devotees, but it is a well-known fact that this state of harmony lasts no longer than the presence of the leader which, after the mastermind, quote, he has temporarily created, disintegrates. By arousing the emotional nature of his followers, the revivalist has no difficulty, under the proper stage setting and with the embellishment of the right sort of music, in creating a mastermind, which becomes noticeable to all those who come in contact with it. The very air becomes charged with a positive and pleasing influence which changes the entire chemistry of the mind's present. The revivalist calls this energy the, quote, spirit of the Lord, quote. This author, through experiments conducted with a group of scientific investigators and laymen, parentheses, who were unaware of the nature of the experiment, parentheses, has created the same state of mind in the same positive atmosphere without calling it the spirit of the Lord. On many occasions, this author witnessed the creation of the same positive atmosphere in a group of men and women engaged in the business of salesmanship, without calling it the Spirit of the Lord. The author helped conduct a school of salesmanship for Harrison Parker, founder of the Cooperative Society of Chicago, and by the use 
of the same principle of mind chemistry, which the revivalist calls the Spirit of the Lord, so transformed the nature of a group of 3,000 men and women, parentheses, all whom without formal sales experience, and parentheses, that they sold more than $10 million worth of securities in less than nine months and earned more than $1 million for themselves. It was found that the average person who joined this school would reach the zenith of his or her selling power within one week, after which it was necessary to revitalize the individual's brain through a group sales meeting. These sales meetings were conducted on very much the same order as the modern revival meetings of the religionist, with much of the same stage equipment, including music and high-powered speakers who exhorted the salespeople in very much the same manner as does the modern religious revivalist. Call it religion, psychology, mind chemistry, or anything you please, parentheses, they are all based upon the same principle, end parentheses. But there is nothing more certain than the fact that wherever a group of minds are brought into contact in a spirit of perfect harmony, each mind in the group becomes immediately supplemented and reinforced by noticeable energy called the, quote, master mind. Break, break. I would like to have a quick word from our sponsor. Thank you for your time. Let's get back to the reading. For all this, writer professes to know this uncharted energy may be the Spirit of the Lord, but it operates just as favorably when called by any other name. The human brain and nervous system constitute a piece of intricate machinery which but few, if any, understand. When controlled and properly directed, this piece of machinery can be made to perform wonders of achievement, and if not controlled, it will perform wonders of fantastic and phantom-like in nature, as may be seen by examining the inmates of any insane asylum. The human brain has direct connection with a continuous influx of energy from which man derives his power to think. The brain receives this energy, mixes it with the energy created by the food taken into the body, and distributes it to every portion of the body. Through the aid of the blood and the nervous system, it becomes what we call life. From what source this outside energy comes, no one seems to know. All we know about it that we must have it or die. It seems reasonable to suppose that this energy is none other than that which we call ether, and that it flows into the body along with the oxygen from the air as we breathe. Every normal human body possesses a first-class chemical laboratory and a stock of chemicals sufficient to carry on the business of breaking up, assimilating, and properly mixing and compounding the food we take into the body preparatory to distributing it to whatever it is needed as a bodybuilder. Ample tests have been made, both man and beast, to prove that the energy known as the mind plays an important part in this chemical operation of compounding and transforming food into the required substance to build and keep the body in repair. It is known that worry, excitement, or fear will interfere with the digestive processes, and it is extreme cases stop the process altogether, resulting in illness or death. It is obvious, then, that the mind enters into a chemistry of food digestion and distribution. It is believed by many eminent authorities, although it may never have been scientifically proved, that the energy known as mind or thought may become contaminated with negative or unsociable, quoted, units to such an extent that the whole nervous system is thrown out of working order. Digestion is interfered with and various sundry forms of disease will manifest themselves. Financial difficulties and unrequited love affairs head the list of causes of such mind disturbances. 
The negative environment, such as that existing where some member of the family is constantly, quote, nagging, will interfere with the chemistry of the mind to such an extent that the individual will lose ambition and gradually sink into oblivion. It is because of this fact that the old saying that a man's wife may neither, quote, make or, quote, break him is literally true. In a subsequent lesson, a whole chapter on this subject is addressed to the wives of men. Any high school student knows that certain food combinations will, if taken into the stomach, result in indigestion, violent pain, and even death. Good health depends, in part at least, upon food combinations that harmonizes. Quoted. But harmony of food combinations is not sufficient to ensure good health. There must be harmony also between the units of energy known as the mind. Harmony, quoted, seems to be one of nature's laws without which we can be no such thing as organized energy or life in any form whatsoever. The health of the body as well as the mind is literally built around, out of, and upon the principle of harmony. The energy known as life begins to disintegrate and death approaches when the organs of the body stop working in harmony. The moment harmony ceases at the source of any form of organized energy, parentheses, power, Parentheses. The units of that energy are thrown into chaotic state of disorder and the power is rendered neutral or passive. Harmony is also the nucleus around which the principle of the mind chemistry known as a, quote, mastermind, quote, develops power. Destroy this harmony and you destroy the power growing out of the coordinated effort of a group of individual minds. This truth has been stated, restated, and presented in every manner which the author could conceive with unending repetition for the principle that unless the student grasp this principle and learns to apply it, this lesson is useless. Success in life, no matter what one may call success, is very largely a matter of adaptation to the environment, in such a manner that there is harmony between the individual and his environment. The palace of the king becomes a hovel of a peasant if harmony does not abound within its walls. Conversely stated, the hut of a peasant may be made to yield more happiness than that of a mansion of the rich man, if harmony obtains in the former and not in the latter. Without perfect harmony, the science of astronomy would be a useless as the, quote, bones of a saint, quote, because the stars and planets would clash with one another and all would be in a state of chaos and disorder. Without the law of harmony, an acorn might grow into a heterogeneous tree consisting of the wood of an oak, popular maple, and whatnot. Without the law of harmony, the blood might deposit the food which grows fingernails on the scalp where the hair is supposed to grow, and thus created a horny growth which might easily be mistaken by the superstitious to signify a man's relationship to a certain imaginary gentleman with horns, often referred to by the more primitive type. Without the law of harmony, there can be no organization of knowledge, for that, one may ask, is organized knowledge except the harmony of facts and truth and nature laws? The moment discord begins to creep in at the front door, harmony edges out, out the back door, so to speak. Whether the application is made to a business partnership or the orderly movement of the planets of the heavens, if the student gathers the impression that the author is laying undue stress upon the importance of harmony, let it be remembered that the lack of harmony is the first, often the last, and only cause of failure. 
There can be no poetry, nor music, nor oratory worthy of notice without the presence of harmony. Good architecture is largely a matter of harmony. Without harmony, a house is nothing but a mass of building material, more or less monstrosity. Sound business management plants the very sinews of its existence in harmony. Every well-dressed man or woman is a living picture and a moving example of harmony. With all these workday illustrations of the importance part of harmony plays in the affairs of the world, nay, in the operation of the entire universe, how could any intelligent person leave harmony out of his definite aim, quoted, in life, as well as have no, quote, definite aim as to omit harmony as the chief stone of its foundation?